This is the Making Waves podcast, sponsored by Ripple Effect. My name is Dave Rotman, and I'm here with Minnehaha County Auditor Leah Anderson. Welcome, Leah. Thanks, Dave. Thank you for being on our show. Could you give us a little bit of background about yourself, what your training is, where you came from? My background is an accounting background. I graduated from USD back in 93. Since then, I had experience in public accounting, doing uh, financial audits, and also a little bit of tax work. My preference is the auditing. And then uh, left and worked for a couple small businesses in town for about 20 plus years doing all of their accounting work. So experience in private enterprise, but also auditing, which is kind of important for an auditor. Yes. <laughs> so understand that you you got a nice little compliment on the budgeting process that you went through with the auditor's office. Yes, I think our budget process went very smoothly this year. I was new to working on such a large budget. I have a budget and finance officer in my office. Her name is Susan. She does a fantastic job. It's uh, great to have such strong accounting skills in the auditor's office. But as, of course, your, your boss, who has a background in auditing, you kind of understand how that flows and can you know, see that the process is being done right. Yes, correct. Speaking of staff, have you made many staffing changes since your election? No. Um, when I came in, I was very impressed with a lot of the staff and their credentials. Wanted to work with everyone and um, not have any interruptions in our office. Uh, there had been a lot of staff changes that had occurred over the last two years. And so I thought it was important to start with everyone that was there and see if we could keep things running smoothly. Uh, which we did about six months in or maybe four months into the process, I did receive one resignation from my election coordinator, and she had been offered a really great opportunity somewhere else. And so she decided to take that. And then uh, that's the only staff that I've replaced since I've been there. So that's fair. I mean, if you're offered a, offered a pay raise and a better opportunity, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd grab it too. But yep. since you've been elected... Uh, you basically brought stability to the office, and you're satisfied with the experience and skill set of your employees. Correct. Yeah. Great. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the the changes you or reforms you have made. For example, I'm a data guy, so I've been a data guy with the party for since 2013. I know how important some of these uh, precincts are, and the precinct drawing of these lines, and it's it. It's not easy because you've got legislative district lines, you've got uh, city council. Uh, lines and uh, these precincts are kind of the building block to build those things, but you can't just change the city council and uh, legislative district lines. So you had to uh, make some changes because of the growth of Sioux Falls. We have a lot more voters and uh, Sioux Falls is expanding. And you made what, five new precincts? Well, technically we made more than five, <laughs> but uh, we netted uh, more. So we have um, 81 precincts now, including, so that's both city and outside of the city area, but within the county. So we have 81 precincts. Yeah, you're correct. The precincts are made up of lots of boundaries. So we have water district, power district, the city council. We also go into other cities like city of Baltic, Del Rapids, Brandon. Then uh, within that, yes, the legislative previous to my coming in, we had 19 precincts that had multiple legislative districts in them after the district. Yes, I remember seeing that last yeah. 
And so now we're down to three precincts that have more than one legislative district, which it's it's almost impossible to completely eliminate that, but we've gotten it down to three. It would also, be nice if uh, next time they had a census that they allowed you to draw the precincts before they drew the uh, city council and legislative uh, re- districts. Yeah, that would be ideal, but... <laughs> hint, hint. Yes, Anybody I hope they'll see. do that. So when we create some of these new precincts, we also have to get new polling places uh-huh. um, or maybe change the polling places to make the polling location ideal for that precinct. So I also had to do some changes with that and reach out to new locations. Uh, Technically, we only have three new locations, but with that, we are, we had some changes in locations too. There's going to be a mass mailing that goes out in February to anyone that's had a precinct or polling location change. So please look out for those to come. Now, does the precinct's polling location have to be inside the precinct, or is it required to be close? I'm sure it has to be close, but does it have to physically be inside the precinct? Ideally, we would like it to be in the precinct. In the center of the precinct would be ideal, (laughs) but that doesn't always happen. And we also can't always have the location to be even in the precinct. Mm -hmm. We have some rural uh, voting precincts that don't have a location that would be suitable. So we have to find you know, do the best we can, find a close location. Some locations will actually have more than one precinct. But another change I've made is we are going to have separate staff for those um, options. Yeah. So we don't want to have people confused about where they need to go. And we also don't want the workers confused about which ballot they need to hand out. So if we completely separate Now is that them, change? That is. Okay. But yeah, because... Uh... When I go to vote, there's four precincts voting in that one polling location. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it makes perfect sense. You have four separate doors because they've got the facilities to handle it. So mm-hmm. they just have the different numbers and the different doors you walk in there. I have no problem with it. But the staff then is specific to the precinct. I guess that would help eliminate confusion. Correct. Now, if the ballot isn't different, we may not have different staff. But um, there are some situations where we can combine them. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, we're, we're going to have different staff. Another change with that is I'm planning to have uh, what I'm going to call greeters, people that can help direct those people coming to vote to make sure they're in the right place before they stand in line. That makes sense, too. You need more poll workers, then. Yes. <laughs> okay. So if anybody wants to do some poll work, job, yes. they should sign up. Yes. And, and it needs to be all parties. Yes. You know, um, it seems very easy for me to get Republican poll workers, but I need workers from every party. And I would encourage all Republican poll workers, just do the right thing. We want we want honest, fair elections, and so if you can if you can be a poll worker and be honest and fair, mm-hmm. I think that's what we do expect of anybody. Elections are very important, but what else does the auditor do? So when I first came into office, uh, which was in March, the first project that was placed in front of me was we were we needed to get bonded, go through the bonding process for the juvenile justice center. Hmm. Um, That had already been passed by the commission prior to my uh, term. So part of that process was making sure that we provided all the necessary documents to the bonding agencies to get our Moody's rating. Thankfully, the county still has a very high rating. Mm -hmm. That has not changed. And then that 
corresponds to us getting a good rate for our bond. We were able to get a, a good rate for that. So even though we have a $50 million bond, we're really sitting at a principal of about $46 million. So we saved some money there with the county. I like that. Yeah. And then another process that was new to me that we recently went through was the surplus property tax deed sale. So mm. when someone doesn't pay their taxes for four years on their property, the county transfers that deed to the county, and then it gets um, transitioned over to the auditor to sell the property. So I had some properties that had to be sold. Traditionally, we've done that with an in-person sale, and this year was the first year that I introduced an online surplus sale for those properties, which brings in a better audience. Yeah, more but, people know about it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about this. Well, you will next year. <laughs> well, that's good. And and that's the other benefit of having an online auction is even in a busy election year coming up in 24, we can do an online property sale every year and not have to do it every other year based on election. Uh, I follow. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you do have limited staffing. Right. Okay. I didn't even know the auditor did that stuff, but I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As auditor, you oversee elections. What's new with that? A great thing that's coming up here pretty soon is uh, I was able to get our extensive training scheduled with ESNS, the provider of the um, the machines that are used. They are the vendor, and so those are our, the tabulating machines. Yes, they provide tabulating machines, express votes, which are the ADA compliant machines. Nice. And also the election reporting software, which is how we transmit the votes to the state. We have that training coming up on the 11th. That'll be a full day of training. Then also I'm communicating with the city pretty regularly about their upcoming election, which will be April 9th. It is a combined election this year with the school and the city. So that will um, have its complications as well. Uh, when we were talking about precinct boundaries, uh, one of the things that will be complicated with that is within the city of Sioux Falls, we have multiple school districts. There will be three ballot options uh, where people could vote for city items, city and school items, or just school items, depending on where they live. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to keep that going, uh, keep the communication working, and meeting with the city on a regular basis to make sure we're prepared. The auditor, or the county auditor, doesn't actually run the city or school elections, but with the city of Sioux Falls, we do contract with them and help oversee the tabulation process, and they use our equipment and our staff. Right. That makes sense because the auditor runs elections for other things, and the city doesn't have the staff for that. Mm -hmm. I think that we should probably look into how we can you know, streamline that system in the future. Right. I know the smaller municipalities run their own elections, but they're able to do so with limited staff because the numbers aren't as large as ours. Yeah, they're office workers. They yeah. probably do that every couple of years. Yeah. That's one of the part of the job. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, Leah, thank you for being on our podcast. Thank you, Dave. <laughs>